G'day punters, welcome the victims of the punt. We are here to review the first of the championships days, uh, headlined of course by the Doncaster, but it was a, a cracking day's racing on what was a, a decent enough race day as well in terms of the weather, which was a pleasant change there in Sydney. Mark Sheen, Mark Roden and Rob Scurry are here to help me find a few winners going forward. And Mark Sheen, if I start with yourself, how did you find the day overall as an experience? Um, yeah, track uh, played pretty well. Look, the inside was off, but you could rail up or stay close to the inside and cut the corner, and then they were winning down the outside as well. We had straight over and come from back uh, in race two. Um, we had Heresy come from back uh, out wide, Hitotsu wide, so uh, I'd rather be betting on a track like that than, you know, rails in run. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Mark Roden, look, some of the figures, as you'd expect, big figures on grand final day, but uh, look, I think there's plenty to look at from a data perspective out of this meeting. Definitely. A really enjoyable day's racing, all told, even though I didn't find a scraped, eked out a win on the day, but it certainly wasn't my best ever punting performance, but I really enjoyed it as, yeah, a day's, uh, a day's <laughs> sport. And I suppose maybe my opinion's covered by heresy getting up in the last, yeah. maybe put a bit of a positive slant on things, but... Um, no, really good days racing. Yes, indeed. Bless it's gotten socks. And uh, Rob, for yourself, uh, look, it's always, I guess, a, a busy day on course. But what was it like this year? Oh, look, I, I pretty much kept myself in the little corner. Um, <laughs> so I didn't get too much amongst the just next in the theatre of the horse. So, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a great day. The weather was nice. Um, I went there sort of with trepidation that oh, I was going to wet track, not really my go. But... Um, especially after spacewalk or whatever, just just missing the first. I thought not going to be my day, but you know, best not to think like that. Take them as it comes, and um, it worked out in the end. Okay. Oh, look, we'll start off with race three, and then we'll run through races six through ten. But race three was the Adrian Knox Stakes for the three-year-old fillies over two thousand meters. In terms of the class, uh, they've gone one point six lengths slow to the six hundred, so it's pretty much at even tempo, um, and it was a good finish there with Honey Creeper getting the job done. Uh, Rob. You had this one on top, three-year-old fillies is your wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I thought this was a bunch of rubbish on the whole. Um, I think I, even, I, I didn't even do my usual sort of horse appraisal. I just gave the numbers, um, which were five and two and, um, yeah, nine. Um, the, I, think, I think the stable's flying a bit often. Um, this horse was, was well-ridden. Um, I'm not sure if it's, it's the Oaks horse or I don't think five is. That looked cherry ripe for the day. I've just get the names up. But yeah, I, I, think, I think it's pretty much winner only here. Um, you know, my old girlfriend, uh, number 11, Ty's Eye, was looked the winner about 300 out. And, um, you know, she can't win a maiden on a Wednesday. So, you know, it's hard to see a being sort of a vintage edition of the Adrian Knox. I don't think so. Okay. Park Shane, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, look, she was a standout from the yard, um, Honey Creeper. She trolled brilliantly with the blinkers on in between runs and um, a beautiful ride here from Bowman. I've got to agree, I don't think she's beaten much, but um, she has uh, good wet form in the past and she reveled in the ground there. So, um, yeah, look, uh, just looking at her in the parade, she's obviously in good health at the moment, so that's going to take her a long way that she can get through the ground. Uh, her stable mate, Mamunia, well, just got held up briefly at the top of the straight and, and was going from 1,300 to 2,000. So um, I think she can definitely improve once she steps up in distance, but uh, still got a bit of ground to make up on the winner. Okay. Mark Roden, is there anything besides the winner that you're following out of this race? Uh, well, no, not for ne next week yeah. anyway. Um, I think she's right in the race next week. Um, look, we've got Gypsy Goddess and Hinge to head her in the betting at the, uh, at the moment. 
Yeah, is Hinge going to run 2,400? I don't know. That was pretty soft pace the other day. Gypsy got us given no chance last start, but, you know, it's been given the full benefit of that from the, you know, from that perspective in her price. Honey Creepers fit in form. Um, loved her last 100. Just put an absolute hole in them in the last 100. I know they're no good, but, uh, yeah, it's... She'll... I mean, she'll stay. She had a platform of performances to suggest she was going to do something like this. I'd never had a huge opinion of her, but looking at her form before the race, I said she's just gone to a certain level time and time again. She could have another level in her. She might be just maturing. I think she's in the race, um, but it's not going to be. Uh, it's not going to take a great horse to win it this year. Yep. Okay. Well, let's have a look at the sires. Fourteen hundred metres for the two-year-olds. In terms of the tempo, bang on even. Zero point one lengths fast to the six hundred. And look, there was no real cash for Fireburn, but we did raise the spectre of SP, last start SP, and the money was coming for She's Extreme, but Fireburn was very easy in the finish. And uh, I don't know, I guess Brenton Avdala caught the wrath of the stewards to a certain extent with his little gesture there and uh, the concluding stages to Tommy Perry, but uh, I thought it was bloody good for racing. Can we all just like have a sense of humour at some stage? Rob, what do you think? I oh, look, I, you know, I, I'm struggling with these two year olds this year. I, I liked, I liked the Melbourne horse, uh, the three that's rolled the dice as much as any. I thought that I thought Fireburn has played as good as she has this whole time in. Like she was a bit, bit like uh, Forgotten Love later in the day. She wasn't as sweaty as she usually gets, um, but yeah, she just, just, just looks like an okay horse to me. Same with she is extreme. Um, yeah, they all, they all look pretty good. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'll be. Glad to see the back of them when they turn three. I guess we'll see them again when they turn three. But um, for me, uh, you know, I, I think the Shalatin, uh, the Joseph Pride horse, is, is going to turn out to be the best of them. But, you know, big call. Probably, maybe Fireburn's just a wet track, you know. But I love what Brenton did. I thought it was great theatre. Um, I, I actually thought when She's Extreme kicked away, I thought she was going to win. And, um, yeah, Brenton just had, had it. It was just, you know, just putting it through its gears. And, yeah, it was, it was a great, great, great spectacle. And 4,000. Like he gives, he doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> what, would he, what would he care? Exactly right. That's that's, that's nothing. It's Mark, worth talk. Sorry, mate. Yeah, no, uh, Mark Shane. It really does seem like Brenton Evdell has got a good understanding of what this horse has because he's ridden her almost the same way the last couple of starts and just allowed her to go through the gears, as Rob said. Yeah, look, there wasn't a lot of speed on early, as uh, I think most people expected, and uh, I've got to say, at the three hundred, I thought she's extreme had probably pinched a winning break and. But she just picked up so quickly in two strides. Um, she went from probably a 10 to 1 chance to, to twos on. You know, she was just motoring at the finish and very similar to uh, what she'd done in the Golden Slipper. Um, she's Extreme was, was brave, but was just outclassed. Uh, away from the high back first and last show quarter. I don't know what happened to it. It's uh, went like a cactus. So, uh, went disgraceful. Yeah. Anyway, Fireburn, way too good. Yeah, and what are you thinking going ahead to the or going forward to the champagne then? Well, I couldn't see any problem with Fireburn. She paraded as she has previously, so um, you wouldn't think the tracks would be drying out if we're going to get plenty of rain here in the end of the week. So she's probably going to be on soft ground again the week after. Um, I don't know what the forecast is, but not sure that it's going to dry out uh, in the next couple of weeks. So I don't know where a winner is going to come uh, to, to beat her in that race. Okay, Mark Roden, what's your overview of this race? Uh, I think these two are pretty good. Yep. Um, a year that was shaping up up to two or three weeks ago has been well below average. I think we've got two that can, you know, we can say a pretty reasonable two-year-olds, these two fillies anyway. Um, well, especially the winner. The winner's, the winner's better than second. Mm. 
I uh, I think I said on Friday I was going to start with Cheese Extreme. We got eight fifty, so there's half the job done. Halves um, <laughs> in price, and I said if we get two fifty fire burn, I'll level stake, and I ended up not doing it. I thought no, I won't dilute that beautiful SP value <laughs> closing line value I've got on the winner. I'll just oh. let, let it run. And yeah, we were home at the turn, weren't we? But no, uh, gee, she's got got a nice turn to put this thing. Um, Champagne Stakes is going to be picking money up off the ground if they go that way. I don't see why they wouldn't. Uh, and she might, I mean, it's fraught with danger saying this, maybe she'll train on. But not many of these, you know, not many of these, you know, soft as butter colts that have won the uh, won the slipper in recent years, that they're just going to be looking after to try and get that one group one winners of three old to make them worth 100 million. Uh, there wasn't as much substance to them, you know, horses like Farnan and whatever, you know, stay inside as there might be to this filly. She's now won the size. Not many have done that in recent years. And if she wins the champagne, I think they can press on to the spring with a degree of confidence. Okay. Look, race seven was the Australian derby over 2,400 metres. In terms of the tempo, they've gone even once again, roughly 1.1 length slow on punting forms figures to the 600. And uh, look, it was just a, a fascinating finish there over the concluding stages in the straight. We had the, the duel between Hitotsu, Benno and Allegron and obviously Hitotsu has uh, pretty much broken all the rules so to speak in terms of horses now uh, winning three group ones on the trot and two out of two for this prep. Rob Scurry, you first time seeing Hitotsu, what did you think of him? I thought it was a lovely staying type of horse. Um, I thought it was clearly, clearly on top. Um, from Allegron, uh, which I thought looked well, and I thought Clyde paraded much better than it did at um, Newcastle, so I had a small play on that. But Hitotsu, um, yeah, Japanese bred, Japanese prep, um, yeah. proper horse. Like, I, I thought it was in big, big trouble at the 300. I thought Pretty much I thought we are going to get beaten by the little pony uh, in Benno. It's, it's, it's a tiny little thing. Um, but, yeah, he somehow managed to just, just you know, grit his teeth and... and Build themselves over the line. Um, I'd love to see it clash with um, the Godolphin Animo uh, over 2000 at some stage. That, that'd be not going to happen probably. But um, yeah, um, exciting, exciting horse. And you know, I just hope they don't rush him off to stud too soon. But in saying all that, is there much in the race? Probably not. Well, that is a good point. You had the three there within one length, and then fourth was nine lengths further away. But uh, Kieran Ma did say on RSN this morning that. Obviously, the Cox Plate is the obvious target coming up this spring. He's not adverse to racing it in the Melbourne Cup, but he does have a view going forward, given the breeding, to looking at the Japan Cup. So, something to look forward to, Rob. Um, Mark Sheen, now, you're obviously in favour of Benno there. Um, you must have had some interesting thoughts there down the straight. Well, as George Cassandra said once, that he felt it move, and I felt it move there when Benno hit the front with the 300. <laughs> Uh, I've got to say, it was very short-lived. Oh. Um, look, I thought I thought it. I touch him. I'd be the one struggling there with yeah. with the preparation at the end, and uh, got that totally wrong. Uh, boy, oh boy, that's a great training performance, isn't it? To win two derbies off a very similar preparation with the spaced uh, runs. He was pushed wide on the turn. He was a sitting shot for Benno. Ran past him, and uh, he, he came again strongly, and even got a. A heavy bump from Malagron there uh, over the concluding stages to to make matters worse for him, man. But uh, as you pointed out, there nine lengths to the fourth horse, so there does look to be a, a a question mark over the depth of the form. But you can't uh, doubt the winner's ability and also fighting qualities as well. Yeah, and I'll just get a, a quick uh, point of view on what did you view of him in the yard. 
Um, look, look, he's not a big, strong, robust type by any means, is he, Rob? He's, um, yeah, he's more like a fine sort of Maurice. A lot of these Maurice's are a little bit on the small side that I've seen. What do you think, Rob? I thought he, I thought he had um, most of his power in his front quarter, which I like to see in a stayer. Um, he had a lovely balance about him too, and and, and head, and um, I like the way he carried himself and the way he walked in the yard. I thought he, he oozed quality. That's a good call. All right, Mark Roden, what did you think? Uh, and is there really anything to take out of this race outside of the fact that the winner is very, very good? Uh, all I'm taking so far is, yeah, well, the winner's very good. Uh, the training performance, as we have said uh, more than once, is incredible. They don't <coughs> really know what they're doing, don't they? Um, going forward, my initial thoughts are I would much rather be with Animo than him over 2,000 in a Cox Plate next year, would be my initial thought. Japan Cup, eh? Have you seen some of the weight for age horses they got over there? I mean, <laughs> he, he, he wouldn't be winning a Japan Cup, would he? No. <laughs> okay, cool. I, don't, I don't think so. Like, yeah. I, we, we were with the Betfair function, and then Brenton Abdullah said they're just beasts, the Japan yeah. Cups. The Japanese stayers are beasts, yeah. best in the world. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. I think that might be a bridge too far for him, but... Let's take nothing away from this performance. And it was a thrilling contest. I, um, yes, I did spare a thought for Mark uh, um, when Benno loomed up and was hailed the winner and then couldn't get the job done. But that, what he said before wasn't exactly the thought I had, but I was, I did spare a thought. <laughs> well, well, well I, got, I got a tingle as, uh, <laughs> as, 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 he, as he fought back and won. I got the, got the hairs on my arms stood up. It was, it was yeah. very exciting. Maybe, maybe because I was invested as well that kind of might have affected me as well but yeah it's a thrilling finish and i, I was really love i really love the race and it's always better when you win absolutely speaking of trainers who know what they're doing here's race eight the tj smith over 1200 meters fast tempo three and a half lengths fast the class two to 600 meters and i was watching the race and as soon as nature strip just started heading eduardo probably mid-race i thought well this is just not exactly what I wanted, having had having had a bet on Eduardo there, and uh, yeah, it was just Nature Strip at his best, three point three lengths the margin. Rob, how did they look? Oh, they all look good. Yeah, um, yeah these these are these are proper horses. Even the um, I like the way that the Newmarket winner Parade of the, the Kiwi, which which is run, um, you know, okay. Uh, the Rockin' Horse, yeah, he, he sort of pranced his way around beautifully, um, but. Nature Strip just 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 ambles around. He he looked like he improved again. I set him out on top. Eduardo was doing his little head nod thing. He was ready to go. Um, and Pulele, like like it was in the um the the other week. He he seemed to parade really really well. He's like he's turned the corner in the yard. And um, yeah, uh, Bellucci Babe is, is obviously in very very good form. Um, yeah, all good horse. I don't know what to do with Mask Crusader though. He, he look he looks he looks fabulous. But maybe he's just lost the the zest for the con. Contests is um yes seems to have had enough. I, I don't want to see something from him before I back him, but um yeah the top three and some of the best you know the top two obviously top top sprinters in the in the world. Um, Nature Strip is, is amazing. Um kind of you know two sixty two seventy what was I doing? Should have been push. Mark there's been a lot of talk over the last forty eight hours as to whether or not Nature Strip is the second best sprinter in the last twenty years or so behind Black Caviar. What's your thoughts? Well, he's not as consistent as Black Caviar, is he? Um, she she <laughs> kept winning, and uh, he, he doesn't, uh, you know, once every couple of runs. But, 
look, watching this race live, I, I, through the binoculars, I thought they were walking in this race, and I, I was shocked when Nash handed up. Maybe those figures that you mentioned there uh, don't agree with what I was looking at on race day, but um, just when he'd seen to amble to the lead and, and get no pressure, it looked like the race was over at the 800. Um, Maybe they thought Eduardo was a risk of 1,200 if they took him on and, uh, you know, it's still 470,000 to run second. So um, maybe they're just trying to get into his slipstream and, and try and go with him late. But it seemed that Eduardo seems to go better when he eyeballs him and, and gets in a dogfight with him, um, which didn't happen here. So I th as I said, I thought the race was over a long way from home um and nothing else at the back of the field just seemed to get into the race yeah i completely agree with you that's exactly what i was saying to myself uh, during the race mark Roden, if we look at pure data nature strip is almost unequivocally the second best behind black caviar uh, in the last 15 20 years but if i'm playing devil's advocate can i just suggest that he hasn't beaten anything he's just beating the same horses week in week out and really probably the better sprinters i think that i've seen over my racing career were all in the past and we've actually just got limited stocks these days am i right or am i wrong i think it's extremely harsh uh <laughs> have a look at some of the fields black caviar but you know moment of change it just jumped into my mind when you were saying that i mean that uh, she's unequivocally the best of the last well since i don't know vain or something mm -hmm. but um not every field she beat was star studded eduardo is a very very good horse very good horse and he's He's had great battles with him, and I think he's he's ahead of him on the on the scorecard, and, and always in grand finals. He just seems to have when he's on, when he's you know when it's grand final day, he just has this super high cruising speed. And maybe Eduardo should go with him, but they just don't want to. They they obviously think they're going too fast. Look at look at the last two hundreds. Eduardo's run thirteen. He had nothing more to give. And if he'd taken him on, maybe that gets Nature Strip beaten as well. But it certainly gets Eduardo beaten if he dueled him. Nature Strip's only around twelve eight. You know, you know they must have been going hard. It doesn't look like it because he travels so well, but they, it must have been a fast pace and just put everything put everything else out of business, didn't it? Yep. Yep. I think that's a good way of putting it. Okay. Race nine. Um, look, this is just a fascinating race. It was a fascinating race to do form for and it was a fascinating race to watch. But uh, the Doncaster, 1600 Group 1, 1. 1.5 lengths fast to the 600, so basically an even tempo. And Mr. Brightside, who I'm still chastising myself for backing the blamey to beat Zaki, an inspirational girl, but fascinating, isn't it, that that all-style mild form has come straight to the fore here um, on a heavy track. It's just, it's still fascinating to look at after the race. Rob, how did they look? Again, a bit like the TJ, most of them look really, really well. I, I sent out eight numbers, no bet, yep. um, and Mr. Brightside was in it, so and I backed about six of them personally, so I was <laughs> kicking myself. Um, yeah, even forbidden love. Like I just thought, uh, I just didn't want to jump on. She, she, the money's come for a big, big time. She's SP three twenty. She didn't sweat. She looked amazing. The best I'd seen her. Wet track. She's down in weight. You know, how does she not win? But she, she didn't. Um, old mate Dallasan looked look sensational again. He, he's, he's run close up. Ice bath. Um, I'm thunderstruck. Ellsberg. Um, they all, they all, they all pretty much look good. Um. But yeah, I'm I'm a bit dirty. I didn't have something on this myself. Um, Mark Shane. Yeah, the Sydney form did not hold up here uh, with those lead-ups that Forbidden Love uh, had won. Um, 
And I think the key to Mr. Brightside was he, he got left there at Flemington and he got jagged right back into the field in a slowly run race and he was able to jump a lot better and take up a more prominent position, which, um, you know, in hindsight, you go back and look at that run at Flemington and it was probably a better run than it looked uh, considering, you know, getting left and getting in a bad spot. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't find him, though. I had him just on the cusp to back but didn't. Um, so I've done my money in the race. Um, but maybe those horses coming through Melbourne, not having those runs on the heavy track, were maybe a little bit fresher coming into it. That's only a, a theory you could have, but they've run one, two, three out of that race in Melbourne. Ice Path, um, ridden a bit close in Melbourne. Uh, she went a little bit better here back on dry ground, or, or back on wetter ground, I should say. And I agree with Rob Dallasan, looked amazing in the yard and, and ran an honest race. But, um, yeah, hard to really see anything from the back there, apart from Cascadian, who I thought the tempo was against and he made up good ground. But, you know, he's a hard horse to catch. Yep. Mark Roden? Uh, look, I don't often get emotional about racing these days in my old age, but uh, I was close to tears after this race, hearing the story of these two underprivileged brothers who left school early and worked down the mines or something and <laughs> somehow managed to get into horse training and won a Group 1 now. It's just a oh, beautiful story. Um, <laughs> Great, great for racing. Um, yeah, the, my takeaway was the all-star mile form. Um, dry track preps, maybe a fitness thing, although Ice Bath obviously was just a hit-run mission and she's run really well. Uh, don't know. I, I thought I, I didn't get any money out of the race. Ice Bath was the closest I came, but I was half indicated in my opinion that Forbidden Live had been to the top maybe three runs ago in the Canterbury and was yeah. just edging back ever since. Uh, a lot of people disagreed with me. She was... I think 460 into 330. I mean, that's an extraordinary uh, move in a Doncaster, really, in a market that was good. Um, so that was the one they wanted. Um, thought she more or less uh, had a chance. Um, but, yeah, that, that the market certainly underestimated the uh, all-star mile form. I, I'm thunderstruck, although he was second favourite, went up a lot shorter, went up very close to Forbidden Love, in fact, and there was a big gap between them in betting at the uh, at jump time. Okay, that brings us to the last, which is uh, the 1,200-metre PJ Bell, uh, Group 3, even tempo, 0.4 lengths fast to the 600. And there was a great push from Mark Sheen there in the preview here, see. And, jeez, uh, the horse only just got there in the Godolphin first four. Was, you had to take a moment to work out which one you were on, but um, it was uh, definitely well found. But, Rob, you also found it out of the yard. Yeah, I thought, I thought it looked great. I remember seeing this thing when it when Adelaide one day in in in, in at Morphville. It, yeah. it, it did me. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It just 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 stood out to me. I thought the one looked great as well. Arcaded, which is this is a big price, so I had a bit of bit on that. Um, but yeah, look, I, I think I said at the top of the show, the Godolphin have really turned the corner, and um, you know you can't do that five in the race and you run the first four is is an amazing effort. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what level this is, sort of group three-ish, I guess that's what it is. Um, I think she's probably the one going well. I think if Arcata gets a soft track again, she, she should go well. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm just good to get a winner on the last, probably understaked it. Mark Sheen. Yeah, um, look, she flew this winner. Um, she got a long way back. She's run a very good split um, on my figures and... Um, uh, just there, the 300 Nash was still had the hold. I said, let it go for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, she got the job done. Uh, the best I've seen Zapatea parade this time in, I've only seen it twice, but um, definitely thought she looked a lot better 
on uh, Saturday. So maybe she's looking for a drier track. Uh, she had a chance there, but um, you know, I think Heresy's right at the top of the game. And great training performance from James Cummings. Uh, as I mentioned on Friday, he does this a lot with this uh, mid-prep trial, and he did it with Honey Creeper as well. And they both won, and they both trialed outstandingly going into the race. And uh, and Heresy, thank God, won the last. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Mark Roden, that trial is uh, looking pretty pretty good so far. You got Heresy and O President, the first two in that trial, and they both came out and won in the last seven days. Yeah, and O President smashed the clock at yep. Newcastle on Monday. This has run the best, certainly the fastest last six hundred on punting forms data for the whole meeting on Saturday, and very close to the. Fastest four and two as well. So um, great performance. Yeah, I thought Nash was cutting it very fine, but yes, God bless him and the filly. They got it done. I think. Uh, look, the, yeah, the the sort of freshen up the trial and the drop back in distance uh, was very attractive. And I I expect they're going to try and keep a fresh and go to Adelaide now. And either the Phillies race or the, the Sangster. Um, I'd be why not go to Sangster? I think she's uh, she's got a great turn of foot. She'd be in that race. For sure. Okay, that brings us to the end. I'll get a horse to follow from each of you, but uh, Mark Sheen, I'll start with yourself. Oh, the thing that won the Carbine Club straight, Aaron, if it goes to the Packer Plate, it'll win, and it'll win the Derby in Brisbane, I reckon. If it goes there, it's an absolute beast looking at it. Okay. Very totally push. untapped, this horse. Great push. Uh, Mark Roden? Yeah, but straight Aaron was mine. He's he's very, very good. Um, the horse that beat him at Warwick Farm isn't bad either, like Eagle. I was... Got, got on the right side of that race and was on Lock Eagle that day, but straight Aaron was first up into that and Lock Eagle was second up. Okay. Um, I don't think you'll beat straight, him again. No, I, I, I think straight Aaron will probably, um, well, will uh, uh, prove to be the better of the two, but Lock Eagle's a nice horse too and got a good racing style. He'll win his share of races as well, I reckon. Beautiful. And Rob, the horse to follow out of the yard. Um, I'm struggling. Honey, honey creeper, yeah. maybe. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'll just take it as it comes, mate. Um, yeah, they have got wet tracks. Another weird week of wet tracks. So, um, yeah, I don't know. They're, they're, they're all trained up. They're all they're, most of them are at the top. It's it's, it's hard to um, find yep. anything that doesn't look good. You know, most things look good at the moment. Yeah, that's it. But uh, the wet tracks you mentioned, you've got obviously Hawkesbury Tuesday, Canterbury Wednesday, Wyong Thursday. Newcastle and day two of the championships on Saturday. Mark Sheen, is there one of the group ones or one of the races in general you're looking forward to most of all? Well, the Queen Elizabeth's on this week and yeah. um, there's the big question mark having hanging over Anima, who's been reported that he had a temperature, hasn't missed any work, but he's gone for a bath in the bedding as a result. Very elegant now, the favourite, and uh, everyone's expecting very elegant to do what Nature Strip did and then jump out of the jump out of the ground and, and bolt in. Is that going to happen or not? What do you think? <laughs> It's an interesting question and, and uh, probably one of, if not the most cynical member of the mailbag crew who doesn't appear on this show, um, wanted to know about the propensity of that stable to get horses to peak on grand final day. The difference with Nature Strip, I think, is he's got... These wins aren't outliers for him. I mean, he, he maybe they're once a prep, but he's done it for a few years now, put in performances like this. Very elegant on Melbourne Cup Day is just... was There's total outlier. Nothing to back that up. Now, she going to be on the same sort of whatever prep this this week and get her to do that on Saturday. Uh, if she does, if she runs like she does in the Melbourne Cup, she's a dollar forty chance. Well, we've got Jua might be going there as well. Now, it was very unlucky in the weight for age race that very elegant won there at Randwick about a month ago. Yes. If it had been on the outside and had clear running, it would have dead set bolted in. Yes. So it's going to come back from Newcastle apparently and 
maybe contest this race, which adds another dimension to the race, possibly by bypassing the Sydney Cup where it only had 51 kilos to run in this race. It's going to be a fascinating race. Well, yeah, they, let, they let Kay McAvoy out of his booking for her in the Sydney Cup, which certainly suggests they're leaning so, towards the QE. But, you know, just on that Dewey versus Dewey's versus very elegant thing, that's Dewey's versus very elegant two. You know, if very elegant one turns up, it, it wins, I think. But well, it makes it sort well, of hard to bet it. <laughs> what about we get the 100 mils and what about old Stockton? <laughs> oh, right. Like what about Stockton? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm being a bit facetious, but we're going to get 100 mils, so, you know, who knows what's going to happen. It's, it's, it's going to be flooding up and down the coast. That put Jouet out of play, and Very Elegant maybe is the, you know, Yeah, but that, is Very Elegant really a wet tracker? Her best ever run was on a highway over 3,200 metres, not on a wet track. Yeah, as you were saying, um, she was had something, she was very well trained up that day. <laughs> It's a great race. Looking forward to it. We'll preview it on Friday. Until then, guys, enjoy the week. Go well.